Welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 7 Graphic Content, Episode 2, The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn, author, Marcos Martin, illustrator, and Munza Vicente, colorist. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Shreds. Welcome, Shreds. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Graphic, graphic content, keeping going. How are you, yeah. how are you feeling with this new approach. Well, this this one feels like a much more traditional, mm-hmm. traditionally what I expect from like comic books. In terms of what? Uh, in terms of art, in terms of story. Um, I think this, The Private Eye, uh, has a style that... Um, is visually similar to um, other like superhero comics. Maybe. It looks like a superhero comic, and, and I think I think the the artist is someone who's done a lot of work in, mm-hmm. in superhero comics. So it feel it, it looks like what you think of when you look directly at a uh, or or when you picture in your head this idea of a comic book. Like we talked about on the intro episode with Heather that I don't have like a huge background, back history, whatever mm-hmm. with comic books. But it feels like in this world, which we'll talk about what the comic's about, the graphic novel's about, um, is comic a dismissive term? If calling this a comic is No, this- I don't think so. I mean, there's so much like – so much discussion about what to call a thing. And, and it's like I think the only people that care about that are Pedants? Pe- people in, in our situation okay. right now. And I don't think – I think like you can say comic book. You can say graphic no- – like whatever. Who gives a shit? But like looking at this world with everybody in their different masks and their different outfits and their mm-hmm. different whatever looks like Justice League or looks like oh, okay. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Kind yeah, of yeah. just like everyone like it's like these are all distinct characters and like we don't get to know most of them. Uh-huh. But there's this world filled with people who like look a certain way and have a backstory ostensibly or just are hiding because of the events that unfold before the story starts. Yeah. Or or the, it seems like almost everybody in this world has a mask once they hit a certain age because they – because privacy is uh, – there's a premium on privacy right? Um, because of the inv- the previous invasion of privacy, mm-hmm. that mass invasion of privacy. So everyone wears a mask and the mask becomes sort of an avatar for a personality the same way that like a Twitter avatar might be. Yep. Like you can – you might never see a person but you, you know them by their avatar. Right. And so um, like this world is – uh, populated by people wearing very, very creative um, costumes. It's almost like every day is a costume party or every day is Halloween, which which is interesting because it's like that is 100% a way to like advance this story visually mm-hmm. as opposed to like the uh, – uh, like a, if I were writing this as a novel, like you get the same job done by having everyone wear ski masks or something like that. Right. Um, I don't know. Well, you don't get the same job done, but like you, you get the job of, of, uh, anonymity, anonymity done by having everyone wear like the ski masks or whatever. And then here you, you, it's, it's an excuse to move this like story that falls into a really like, um, I don't, I don't mean this in a dismissive way, but, uh, like a very like typical noir story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and move it away from Raymond Chandler move it away from Chinatown, move it away from even like Blade Runner. Cause this is, even though it is still set in LA, it's just not, it's like, an, yeah. it's an unrecognizable LA. Right. Um, but it is like, you know, it's taking these, these, uh, very, very well known kind of, uh, tropes, which is like, 
you know, a woman shows up to a private detective mm-hmm. asking for help. Woman is killed. Uh, her murder leads to a much, much grander conspiracy right. that the private detective is kind of uh, reluctant to get involved in because, you know, that's not their job. They don't do that kind of thing. But you learn that this person that is maybe a little prickly at first actually has a good heart and they and they like – do care about people and about society and they want help. And so we get there. And, and when you say it like that, that sounds like 30 different stories, right? Right. But like when, when you like plug in the differences and when you add the visual element to it, Mm -hmm. it becomes something, um, a lot bigger than that and a lot, a lot better than that too. And also like, and not pejoratively, but like simpler, right? Like it it all just kind of comes together in a way that like makes sense. Yeah, in in a way that is um, immediately visually recognizable what's happening. And then also, like, a great thing about comics, I mean, you can do this with books, too, and rereading, but, like, you can, like, hide so much in a panel. Mm-hmm. You can hide so many different things. I mean, something that was really interesting about this book to me was the pop culture artifacts that were hidden throughout, right? My favorite moment in the book is one of these. you know which one it is or no? No. At the end, so there's... Well, let's let's explain what this is about first. Yeah, you go. So there is a moment in time in the future from now, as we're recording, where the cloud bursts. What they call the cloud burst, right? Where all everybody's private information, their text messages, their documents, everything gets everything gets leaked, everything's public, and it ruins everybody's lives. And everything changes. And they basically, it seems like globally or societally, we shun technology largely. We shut the internet down. There's no internet is gone. And we move on and, and it's a different kind of like protecting yourself and being off the grid. And even though like people are still existing in like a still what looks to be like a modern society, it is very, very different from what it is. Yeah. Mm. And then the whole story of the murder, which you talked about briefly, but there is a character who is the main character, the titular private eyes grandfather, who is probably like a dude our age yeah, today. Exactly, yeah, exactly. He is. Um, which I've always thought about, like, what are these people who are, like, all tatted up uh-huh. and, like, love video games and monster energy drink going to be, like, as, as uh-huh. you know, grandparents? It's like, it's this dude who's, like, playing yeah. Halo or whatever and just, like, saying bro and stuff like that, which is pretty funny. But he is this, like, sage guru in this world because he knows all his, like, the laptops and iPods and iPads and whatever that, like, everybody's just, like, I don't want any part of that because yeah. that, that was the cloud. Oh, I, I know what you're I, – I know your point, yeah. And so they're, like, what is this? There's, yeah. there's, there's not a phone. There's no phone in the database. He's, like – because it's a Microsoft Zune, and I'm just like, <laughs> hell yeah. Because I never had a Zune. Oh, you weren't a Zune guy? No, no, no. I've always loved Microsoft, but Microsoft very often was just like, they would make the wrong decision. And like yeah, yeah. iPod was just like the biggest thing in the world. And they're like, we're going to do the same thing. It's going to be like a social music sharing thing. We're going to do the Zune. And no one cared. Yeah. Wow. And so for it to be like a thing that is like, not like a pivotal plot point, but like a plot point of this, I'm just like, that rules. I have a dear friend who was a Zune guy. He's just like, he was with Zune until you could no longer be with Zune. There was, do you know the, actually speaking of graphic novels, do you know the former web, or I think probably still, I just former because I haven't read it in a while, but like the webcomic Penny Arcade? No. It's like, an, it, I'm sure Egg knows it. Um, it's very video game heavy, like pop culture sort of nerdy. It's just like, it's two guys, Jerry and Gabe, um, or Tycho and Gabe, Jerry and Mike, I think. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Um, and they would just like, they have a website. They would talk about video game stuff. And they would do like two or three times a week. They would do like a three panel comic. And there was one they did with the Zune where Gabe loved the Zune. And he was like at some kind of conference. He's like, and the Zune's like, there's one other Zune user here. And like, it turns out to be Bill Gates. Like he's the only other person that actually gives a shit because like nobody cares. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I love, 
I love the Zune. Even though I never had one, I love that it's in here. Well, you love, I mean, I, I love um, archaic tech. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've talked about this before. Like, I love, um, like, the movie Clute. Yeah. And I love the conversation because they're using and blowout and, and blowout because yeah. they're, they're using this, these like tape reels yep. and like old audio recording equipment and, and like, you know, tracks that click and hiss and, and, and all these things. And like, I re- I love the aesthetic of obsolete tech uh, and I know nothing about current tech ever. I, mean, like, I never know anything about it. I think that that for you is like old timey like newspaper stuff. I mean, like I always like, uh-huh. like love a journalism movie, but like spotlight, like there are newspapers, but there is much more modern tech, but like, you know, like all the president's men or whatever, where there's just like, they're like in a news. Yeah, they go, like, to, they go hear, to the fucking library, you hear the whirring and whatever. And just yeah. like, yeah, the rules. Yeah. I love it. You love the click clack of keyboards. Um, there's something really like, yeah. And, and, the, uh, so this is interesting because it's doing that, but with, um, like stuff that's not obsolete tech for us. Right. It's, it's like, you see the, um, the, what what'd you, did you call it a brick? You gave me one the other day. Oh, like a power brick. Yeah. 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 I want one of those. And then there's like an iPad and mm-hmm. Zoom, obviously. And then, you know, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of these that I miss, but in the background of one panel, like there's like a street panel or whatever. And down the street, there's still like a Tesla dealership. Did you see like the te- there's a Tesla, I didn't, I didn't there's a Tesla that's sign. That, so like Tesla still survives yeah. somehow. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just kind of funny. So, well, there's also, there's also references to like, um, and, and it's funny cause it is like a private, you know, it's largely a, a book about privacy mm-hmm. and about how we, you know, it takes place in the future, but it's kind of about how we handle privacy now. Yep. And they like, you know, they name drop like Glenn Greenwald and stuff mm-hmm. in, in there. They also talk about what, do you know when this came out? What year? Mm, not Cause it was self, my head. it was self published. I know that yeah, published online. And I was like, Hey, what you want? Kind of like uh-huh. the Radiohead in rainbows. Yeah. 2013, 2015. So I don't know, like, I know that there have been in the last decade, like so many privacy leaks and stuff like that, right. but there's the thing in here where they're trying to find information <laughs> like, oh, like he's not locked into his Facebook account. Like Facebook hasn't existed for 50 years. Yeah. And I don't know if like while they were writing this, cause there have been so many like through their own fault, through getting hacked, whatever, just like privacy ble- breaches and stuff like, but that seems to be like one where it's just like, that's a big one. Yeah. Or like, you know, the credit bureaus or whatever. Right. But is this a book? Two questions. And I think I know the answer to at least one of them. Had you read this before? No. Was this one that you picked or is this one that Heather picked? Uh, I picked it. And what drew, like what, why was this on your radar? Where did this come um, from? So I'm, I, I, uh, you know, I'm a Brian K. Vaughn fan. I, I love Paper Girls. Um, I haven't read Saga. Oh, right. Why the Last Man um, too. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Why the Last Man. I think he's like one of the great, one of the great comics writers uh, wrote Runaways for a while. Did you know that he worked on the TV show Lost for three years? I did. I also know that he worked on uh, Stephen King's Under the Dome. Oh. I was like, where did I just hear Under the Dome? But it was in a Simpsons episode I watched. So he, he yeah. yeah, he's a he's a guy that like, you know, he's a known factor. Sure. He's, he's, he's a big deal. Yeah. So and this is a book that I'd always seen like at the bookstore. Um, largely it stands out because of its very strange shape. It's not it's not shaped traditionally. I mean, it's basically like a comic book turn on its side, right? Like it's the yeah. same, maybe the same dimensions. It's just right. landscape instead of portrait. Yeah. You have landscape and, and which makes it, uh, very difficult to read. I'll be honest. It, it's, it's hard to hold on to that thing. It gave me a motherfucker of a paper cut. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, it, it holds awkwardly. I was saying to you that like just reading on Kindle has broken my brain and my hands to reading physical books, which I wish I wasn't the case. Like I wish that I could still do it, but like I start reading a thing. I'm just like, 
is there a Kindle version I can buy? It just, <laughs> yeah. It's like annoying. I mean, I don't, I yeah, wish yeah. that wasn't the case, you but like back on the habit. I did get this book from the library mm-hmm. and I was just like, yeah, it's weird. Cause like, it feels like the page turn is big. Like it's like a very long. It is. Yeah. I was, I was very concerned with tearing the page. Even though you would think with a book this wide, it would be like a much more of like a tome, like a uh-huh. taller book, but it's not. It's like, a, I don't know. It's almost like a photo album kind of like yeah. a weird. So. Yeah. Um, so that I, so it always, I, I mean, I knew Brian gave on, um, it always stood out to me at the store, um, as something that was like worth looking at, worth yeah. reading. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's not one of the major, like, I, I, I don't know, major, not major, but it's like, when you think of Brian cave on, you think of saga, you think of, uh, why the last man. And those are not functional for, for our purposes. Cause they're, it's too long. There's too much of it. So um, this is a way to get uh, what I think of as being, you know, one of the great contemporary writers into a circumstance that we can look at it and analyze. So what in this book, like what in this world, because I think, again, we were talking about how it feels and looks fantastical, right? But so much of it is just kind of practical everyday stuff. It's like it's got a guy with a camera investigating like people tvs like they're trying to like the whole like plot the noir element like revolves around like espionage through televisions like embedding yeah um it's it's like a play on our our modern paranoia of our phones are listening to us right this idea that like when you and i have a conversation about you know anything then we're going to get advert that thing is going to get advertised to us next time we look at our phone right Right. So it is it, it's like playing off of that paranoia. But there is also like I have a friend who is like, fuck Alexa. I'm never going to have one of those in my house. Yeah. Like they're not going to listen to me. I'm just like your phone can listen to you. Your laptop can listen to you. Your microwave can probably like there's yeah. every kind of device. Like just because you don't have a thing that like you talk to doesn't mean that like if people wanted to hear you, they could yeah. already hear you. This was uh, so, so one reason why I was interested in talking to you about yes. this book yeah, yeah, is yeah. because you and I have like completely yes. opposite opinions yes. about tech, yes. right? Yes. Um, whose side do you think this book is on in terms of like, do you think this book is cynical about tech or do you think it is, or, or do you think it ha- has your optimism about it? I think maybe, but it kind of does both. I think a little bit, I think the grandfather, I like. I was not like sympathizing or putting myself in the shoes of or empath whatever with the grandfather. But I'm kind of like, if all this went away, I think a lot of people, maybe not more, maybe not most people, but a lot of people, I think, including you, would be like, good. Like this is like nature is resetting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that I play like video games online, but I'd be like, like I spend so much time online, and like it's like such a you know a lot of people do, but like if you lose that community, like he's just like I want to play against people in this video game kind of like it's a computer and i feel like there's like a sadness there that like even though he's not the central character it is highlighting elements of our modern society that are good or at least not bad if not good then not bad well he's he's in some way the stand-in for us right Mm -hmm. he's he because he's the guy that remembers and everyone else is there all they can remember is the the like afterwards he also has one of the best, like if you're reading through, like there's the covers of each issue. Yeah. And he's got like maybe my favorite one, which is like him like flipping off. I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Um, I think what's interesting about it, and I don't know that I fully articulated this while reading it, but I obviously like picked up on the noir things, but you mentioned like Chinatown and stuff. Like it feels like a thing from the 70s. Yeah. Before this kind of tech really existed. Mm-hmm. And so as Daguerre is trying to, and also Daguerre, 
very daguerreotype, like the whole film thing of it all, trying to bring this back in, it almost feels like a movie telling us about the 70s where like they're bringing it to us for the first time. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of interesting. Book comes out now-ish, right? 10 years ago, but still in this modern era. Set in the way future feels like the past. It's just an interesting kind of like displaced in time. Does that make any sense? Yeah, for sure. Which I think is interesting. And like, I, I, because it feels like they're like, I don't know that their plan, their plan is just to spy on people. Or is it like, I guess like to, to sell more things? Like what's the actual yeah, like evil I mean, plot well, here? Like I, I think that it's, you know, um, the plot is always, is always control and power. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing as, as like, you know, Chinatown, like they can control the water. And then you can convert that water into both political power and money. Right. Right. So having people's information and and knowing like how panicked people are about this or reintroducing the internet so that you can have this, this thing um, is, is, uh, you know, a path, a path to political power and, and to money. Right. And just like they they would have something that no one else has because they have access to a thing that no one else has access to basically. Yeah. Coded also it's, it's coded here in, in, you know, uh, sort of, uh, revolutionary ideology. Right. Because, because at the end he, he like wants to, there's this like back and forth about whether or not it's going to be good for people to, to relaunch the internet right. and, and bring it back. And he's like, you guys don't even know what you're missing by not having it. Cause like, and that's sort of how I'm assuming you feel, about this, which is like, if the internet went away, uh, it's easy to be cynical and it's easy to go yes. like, I would love for the internet to go away because look at all, like the internet gave us all of these bad things. It gave us, uh, uh, you know, instead of bringing us together, it alienated us. Correct. It created yep. a society that is, uh, you know, atomized in a way that, that drives people towards fringe politics and, uh, allows uh, people who have violent tendencies to be validated online and then encouraged to carry out those violent tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has been the death of connoisseurship, like the the uh, existence of something like Spotify now. Everyone has access to all music at all times, yep. so nobody has in-depth opinions about music. Instead, it becomes this thing where you can pick and choose and just like create mixed tapes instead of really like diving in and, and like loving a band fully and really knowing that band because you always feel like you, there's always a million other things that you should be doing. It also in feels like time. to me daunting and overwhelming where like, for instance, not that this is a bad thing in any way. It's just that yeah. like the way that my brain, especially with music where like, I want to know more and listen to more than I do. And I don't know where to begin. Yeah. But when like our friend censored, uh, said on Friday, just like big day for music and list like nine new yeah, albums. Yeah, yeah, or just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I would really love like half of those, but like, that's so much. Like I don't listen to enough music where like I can just like ingest nine right, albums. Right, right. And then if there's a band in there that I like, I'm going to want to go back and like listen to more. And it's just like, there's, it just feels yeah. whereas Spotify doesn't exist. And he's just like, Hey, here's like four YouTube links or here's like, you know, a couple MP3s or whatever. And like, you just like focus in on those. That's not even that long ago, right? Like that's like 10, 15 years ago. And it just yeah. feels like a different world. Well, well, okay. Yeah. So, so I think like as far as art and stuff like that, it, it like partially feels really bad to me because like I said, the death, the death of connoisseurship and it, and it has that politically atomizing stuff that, that I was talking about, but also like something that I come back to and think about 
when I think about the internet and when I get really cynical about the internet mm-hmm. is like, I think like how meaningful Tumblr must have been yes. to like a gay kid in a small town in Indiana. All of these that, things that, that like yeah. never like, the, like there are probably other gay kids, mm-hmm. but like none of them are like daring to show who they are. But like on the internet, they can realize that like there are people out there that are like them yep. and they can find a home among yep. these people and it might make them brave enough to talk to their family about yep. it. And their family then also like, it's something that's not quite as scary to them maybe because they also have seen stuff like this on the internet and like makes the world yeah. so much smaller yeah. while being so much bigger yeah. at the same time. And like that type of beauty, like I remember pre like, you know, I didn't live pre internet, but it's like in the nineties, like, it may be like half of us had email addresses even. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's like, I like remember how lonely that shit could be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even one of those like, uh, groups of people that really needed the internet to, to like find their tribe or whatever. Um, so like, it's easy for me to get cynical about the internet, but there is always stuff like that, that pulls me back and makes me go like, okay, but also like there are people that feel less alone because of it. And Without it, some people would just be stranded. Yeah. And I think that, like, this is an, not an argument, but, like, it's a very, like, in our text thread, which is mostly just about pop culture and stuff, like, sometimes gets set serious and heavy. Like, there has been, like, I have, it sounds weird to say, like, gone to bat for the internet in a uh, way that, like, yeah, yeah. you know, other people that who I will not name were, like, one person in particular, like, unsent texts that were, like, condemning. I'm just like, like, you don't get, like, it's like a different circle. And, like, I have not to brag lots of real life <laughs> friends but i also have like a lot of friends like i've never met online and like especially like through like doing other podcasts and stuff like people i've met that i never would have met otherwise and like people that i might never meet in person or whatever yeah. and like as as toxic and as negative as so much of this has become i think at the end of the day it's just a tool and so like it's what you do with well, it well I, I mean i was also i was also i was talking with about this the other day because we were ha- like because i was reading this book so yeah. I, I was having this conversation Wait, that, leave her name or do i leave her leave it okay um <laughs> The conversation that, that, like, I was having about Twitter, and I, I was just like, man, Twitter is, like, it's such a toxic place, and it's so, like, anyone with any opinion. Like, I don't think Twitter is a place that you go to feel embraced anymore, and it's not a place not anymore, that, no. like, you don't go there, like, you go there to fight, and you go there to feel angry, yeah. and you go there to doom scroll. But then I was also like, it also, like, gave us the Arab Spring, right, and it gave us, like, citizen journalism in a way where people could, like, report outside of their incredibly oppressive, well, that's dangerous Well, that's still the narrative they're trying to spin. Right. It's just that he has single-handedly chased people who, like, made it a place other people wanted to go yeah. away. And also he's – has shut down – access in, of course in, in in countries that need it the most yes so like i don't like any political shit that he tries to like pull is like i'm a free speech guy is like get absolutely get fucked sir yeah. like you are not that that you're not that at all but like there was an and, and like you can probably this can probably pop up in other areas of the internet i don't know if, like twitch or or other places that maybe aren't – I don't know anything about Twitch, so maybe Twitch is an equally toxic place. No. Well, it depends on where you are, but can, um, I can answer to that. I can, I can speak to this. But like, you know, there is like – it is a place for political activism as well that like we wouldn't get important yep. things without it. And I think that's why like when I – when so many people are like – good let twitter die i don't care it's like no like it, it it's bad it's bad if it dies like it's bad right now as it is yeah. but like you haven't watched yet but telemarketers there is a thing where like 
basically this telemarketing thing is like a scam, right? Yeah. Where like these companies are calling on behalf of the fraternal order of police, but you find out very early in the doc that they sign these deals with these like police forces where they're like, we're going to give you like, you make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. We'll give you $200,000 and 10% of what we make, but we call on your behalf. Right. So like people are like, why would they ever agree to this? So like, well, 10% of something is better than nothing. Is yeah. 0% of, of nothing. Right. And I think the same thing kind of applies. We're like, if Twitter is 90% bad, having 10% of it be good or useful or helpful or beneficial or like whatever is better than it not existing at all. And like it really, not like actively sad, but like I don't use Twitter anymore because like it's much more difficult to use. Not even yeah. like in terms of like sorting through like people that, you know, what like weird whatever, but like blocking access to TweetDeck, uh, serving it more ads changing the default view to whatever, like all the different minor things that he has done makes the actual experience worse to the point where I'm like, this is not worth my time anymore. And it's not sad, but it's sad. Right. And just like a place that I went to that I could follow my favorite bands and comedians and whoever, and like, just see what they were doing buy tickets to their stuff, buy t-shirts. I have to find somewhere else. And it's, it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, so I think the, I think, I think it, it does both sides where it's like, Life is pretty good, but I also think, you know, the first case that we see where P.I. goes to like the guy with the fish head who comes back later spying on his ex-girlfriend, it's like he's trying to bring back something he no longer has, right? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're always wistful and nostalgic for a thing that you once had and no longer have. And none of these people that were following ever had the internet, but like the grandpa did. So, you yeah, know. yeah. And also, there, there, I'm also, you know, I, you cannot get the toothpaste back in the tube. Yes. It's, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Unless... There's a solar flare or some or something happens that like you completely it gets blown out and you can no longer do it. And then we'll see what happens. Right. Chaos. Yeah. Right. Because like, I, I think that this honestly is like. Edenic utopian, like if yeah. if the Internet were to collapse, I think society would collapse because banks would no longer function. Mm-hmm. Businesses would no longer function. I don't know. Like prisons might not like everything that we have built, like electricity is one thing, but like Internet's like right there with it. Like I think. Everything that we sort of take for granted would fall apart. Yeah. And I think that, like, the fact that this world is at all normal seems crazy, sort of. Like, I didn't think about that while reading, but thinking about it now, like, this seems like best possible case. Like, if the internet dies, yeah, we would want this. Well, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, like, it m- might shelter itself from any, not that you're being critical, but, like, it's a place that is asking us to suspend our disbelief. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and like, I think that it shelters itself from even asking us to suspend our disbelief in that, like when the cloud burst, it's like the internet gets taken away willingly. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like it, it was like, you know, blinked off suddenly by some electrical storm. They were probably like, like, we're going to figure out a way to like get around yeah, this. Yeah, we're yeah. just, we don't want this. This is a net negative, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I think it's also smart to set it like, I don't know. We don't really get a simple, like at least decades later, right? Yeah, I think like two, two generations. So like, you know, 60 years, maybe whatever. Yeah. Um, a long time. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like 2073, something like that. So that means that probably around now is when the internet would probably. Yeah. Burst, which like, you think about like, like there have been data leaks. There was like that, like the very famous fappening, right? Like the whole, like there's like, there's been leaks, but like none of that has changed the way that anybody does anything. 
No. Like companies, it, it, if anything, it's only made people judgmental about other people getting, like when the, the, uh, the fappening happened, mm-hmm. most, most of the response that I saw to that was not sympathy. It was, was slut shaming. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, well, you should know not that any picture that you take is going to blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like why? <laughs> like, and then, and like a, a multi-billion-dollar company suffers a massive data breach, and they're fined fifty million dollars, which is like you yeah. know a day and a half worth of profit. And they're like, mm. "All right, yeah." And it's not it's not worth it for them to make things secure because it would cost two hundred million dollars. I was to also make thinking about um, you know the Fight Club thing, which I also yeah. saw because like this week as we're recording. You know those like the one wheels, like the skateboard with the, auto, the automated. Like yeah. The, uh-huh. Probably five people have died in those. So they're recalling all of them. Oh, really? Um, at least according to one thing I read. So I don't know if that's you cool. know who knows. But I was I mean, thinking about cool. what the, what that's the, <laughs> the most fucked up response. To that cool. How many died? Five. Awesome. Cool. Um, but I was thinking about like the Fight Club thing, like A times B times C, like the average mm-hmm. settlement times whatever, and like thinking about how disastrous this must have been for this company to be like. We got to recall all of them. Like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, that's worst case scenario. And here, it's like the same kind of thing. It's just like, well, we could either fix the thing that cost us $200 million or like we just pay the fine and like hope it doesn't happen again. Like, let's just do that. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I was surprised. Now, this isn't critical. I was just sort of surprised that for art that is so beautiful and colorful and visual, there were far fewer splash pages than I would have expected. Yeah. I wonder. I was thinking about that. I wonder if that is an internet format issue. Like, mm. I guess like when you translate it into the print, you could, you could blow those pictures up and make huge splash pages. Right. But I didn't read it in its original formatting, which may have been done a panel at a time on a thing where you like, you know, like I don't know, guide, yeah. guided view, you go through it. So it's like, there's something really interesting about, about that where like, the presentation of the material yeah. where on the iPad, you look at things a panel at a time uh, when you have the thing. Or you can, you don't have to, but you, you can, don't, you don't yes. have to, but you can. Um, or when you have the thing in front of you, you can, you take in the, the like sort of snaking, uh, you know, however it, it wants you to read it. Yeah. Um, because so I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it was originally presented. Cause I think like it, it, it's a question. It's a question for, for Marco. Yeah. So I think what's interesting is that like, to a certain extent, like it's about the world, but it's not about the world. Like we're not like the first time we see, like, I think like one of the very few, like memorable to me, splash panels is very early on when like they're following the PI who's in the dream. Is it dream coat? Dream cloak? Dream coat. I think that is basically like an invisibility cloak. It's very similar to the, to the thing that, um, the, the undercover cop wears in a, a scanner darkly. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that in a while, but yeah, but when there's also the thing we've not talked about that there's not really cops there's journalists like, yeah, that, like i think this is interesting we'll talk about that yeah, but yeah. like when in the beginning when the pi is taking pictures of someone and then is gets chased away one of the very few to, to me at least memorable splash pages is like the world is like he's gone and you just see like the chaos of this world like all the different masks and everything i'm just like oh like we're gonna have a bunch of those and like we don't really yeah but then there's also i'm gonna bring up on the ipad hold on there's another like very memorable. I think it's the final final image where she has the torn dream cloak, and I'm like, this is a very cool. Yeah, yeah, that like, is, that's, that's a really super cool. super yeah, cool yeah. thing. Um, Beautiful. But 
yeah. So I also want to say, uh, just while we're talking about the art, I think that it does a really nice job in the final and the tenth issue. There's like four or five pages in a row with like no dialogue. It's all uh-huh. image based storytelling. Yeah. I'm like, this is very very cool. Yeah, I, you gotta love that sort of thing. That because it really um, takes advantage of the medium in a way yes. that like you 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 need that to distinguish it from. Because to me, and this is this is me because this is like my base of where I come to it from. It's like novel is the default art form. Yep. Right. The original like prose novel is. It predates movies. It predates TV. It predates comic books. Yeah. Whereas, like in 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 reality, it's like you're. Pr- it's probably the epic poem is probably the the original art. Form. Sorry, Beowulf. <laughs> but no, Beowulf is an epic poem. Um, and so like the Odyssey, like these are epic poems, right? So yeah. well, I'm, I'm I'm apologizing that we didn't give oh, Beowulf oh, okay. his due. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. I thought I thought you're saying like tough shit, Beowulf. It's well, the epic also poem. tough shit, Beowulf. Um, fuck Beowulf. No, but but like so I think of prose as this. So when whenever you move outside of prose, in mm-hmm. my head, you have to justify it. So it's like oh, it, like why is this not a book? Yeah. So if it's a theatrical production, it's like. That shit better be like something Stagey. that you can only do on stage. Yeah. If it's a movie, you better be utilizing the medium in a way that it like is only a movie, which might be part of what your problem is with the Wes Anderson shorts, right? Because mm-hmm. they're much more uh, uh, theatrical than they are filmic. I think it's my issue with those. I was thinking about it more because I watched The Swan also. Like I've seen three. I haven't seen the long one yet, but I've seen the three short yeah. ones. And it just doesn't feel like it, it should be a movie. It doesn't. It does right. like it's the wrong medium. Right, right, right. It's, it's either it, book or stage. No, it's, not, it, it seems it seem those seem like dramatic monologues to me. And with like his stagecraft wizardry, like if you did that on stage, everyone's mind would be blown. Right. Um, so I get I, I get it. Uh, I disagree, but I get it. Um, and like if you're making comics, then it's like this is a visual medium. You have to take advantage of that visual medium. Yep. It can't be quite as prose heavy as mm-hmm. what some comics are. So even some comics that I really like, like we talked about how, like uh, I think, I think with Heather, we talked about how some of Alan Moore's stuff is ends up being really prose heavy. And it's like, I don't, I, I wish that he wouldn't do that, even though I think that he's like an incredible writer. Um, so like when, when you get like five pages with no yeah. dialogue and yeah. it's just like, you can, you can sense the movement yeah. in the art and, and it's like really telling the story just through the, like there's something about that. that I mean, like, so it's, a, it's what we saw. Like, I think this is more, this is closer to like traditional like seventies movie or like detective like yeah. novel or whatever than Coyote Dog Girl, mm-hmm. but like that was also very art driving the story as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, what's different about this as opposed to that is like that's all Lisa. This is two or three different people or team or whatever, right? Like working in harmony to but tell the story. They're both. They're actually both doing something that's really similar, which is that they're working within a like well established genre. And like uh, in this case, the the private investigation, like noir genre, and in that case, the Western, and they're using like really, really well-examined tropes, but then um, turning it on its head. A yeah, turning bit. it on its head. And in her case, using like absurdism and comedy, and in, in this case, using it to not so much turn it on its head because it's still it's it's doing that thing that Clute does, and it's doing that no, but thing it's, it's, that it's Chinatown it. does, it's masking it a little bit, right? Yeah, but it's like it's it's using it to investigate like current. Chorus of power structures and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I, I I really like this book. I, I like it more. It's like talking ideally, about it more. Like yeah, the more I talk about it, the, yeah. more, the more I actually like it. Which is like you know part of the reason why we talk about art. Because right? I think you see, and I, I want to talk about the journalism thing. I also want to talk about like a, the the question I was going to ask we didn't actually get to. But I think you look at this cover and you see a cartoonish 
sort of villainous, like the, the dream dream code, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be like a superhero thing or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's just a bunch of dudes with that power, right? You know, like it just, you know, there's the girl who like is a good driver or not even a good driver. She just like has a car, yeah, right? It is ultimately a very realistic world. Which when you look at the cover, you look, you flip through it, you're like, oh, I'm in for some sci-fi shit. It's like, not really. Yeah, no, not, not Which really. is weird. Is there, so on this, other aside from the end, were there particular moments or sequences or panels that stand out to you as like, in terms of the art that you like? Well, there's stuff that there's stuff that I, I was shocked by, like when when, um, you know, the one chapter ends in the car crash and you have the big there's yes. the, the big panel yeah. of the car. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and it's like that's truly shocking because it's like you don't expect it to end that way. You expect them to get away. You expect whatever. So like it it is doing a thing that is essentially a jump scare. Right. Like like you have that moment in, in movies where it's like uh often utilized by like a, 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 a string like sound or, or, or like, a, mm. like, like a sudden mm-hmm. harsh mm-hmm. noise mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a sudden like movement mm-hmm. and, and it, it like indicates that you're supposed to be scared or, or violence or something like that. So you turn this page once you think you, especially cause you think of that character, um, his like sidekick, like she is the high school girl. Yeah. Um, she is like sort of, uh, uh, at this point in the the book, a moral center, and someone that you're rooting for because she's the one that encourages him to to do this, and and you think that she's going to be like integral to the plot, integral. Well, to, she, which, she which, which, is, which she is, but, but not in the way that you expect. Yeah, um, he, they're they're doing a thing that like, uh, you know, damn his name, but Joss Whedon is is like very good at doing, um, which is like you think I think of like specifically. Uh, the scene in Serenity when uh, Wash lands the plane after mm-hmm. the very difficult thing, and he's like, "I am a leaf on the wind," and then the spikes go straight through and devastating and, and, and kill him. And it's like, what you do is you, you take a particularly good moment for a character, yep. and you end that good moment with a tragedy, and and it's shocking because like we're are, are we're at he was, an, he's never been higher. Yeah, we're at an emotional high, yep. and then it brings us to an emotional low. And so with this character, it's like uh, spoilers sh- for Serenity, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like she is uh, embracing her, like what she wants, because remember, she's like, I'm not going to be your chauffeur. And he's like, I need a getaway driver. And so she's like doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that she's like actually not a good getaway driver at all. Right. She directly crashes the car and and like. Like causes them like legal trouble, basically. Yeah, and, and, and this character that we were, it, are still rooting for and still think is great, like you end up with this one big, big drawing of the of the car being destroyed. Yep. What I also like about her, and we don't really get answers, which I think is also cool, is that, like, we learn more about how the world works. Like, she's got, like, what either, I think she calls, I don't think it's officially, but she calls a charm bracelet, where it's, like, until you're 18 or whatever, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. can't. Yeah. Like, she wants to have a new identity. He's like, no, don't do that. Like, yeah. enjoy while you still can. Like, have a record. You can, like, your name means something now. Like, before we throw it away, like, earn something right yeah. so like what do you want to be called madam nunchuck i think lady nunchuck madam yeah, nunchuck something like that um but i think it's cool that like again it's giving glimpses into the world like we don't need to know how this works we don't need to know like what the rules are like who can whatever but yeah. like it's giving us the exposition that we need and, yeah. and and no more than that there's also a visual thing that it's i was not surprised by because i've seen mission impossible movies but i still loved <laughs> but at the end because everybody's in a mask you never know who people are or yeah. whatever 
when the PI comes in the other guy's mask and then stabs Daguerre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you surprised yeah. by that or did you expect no, it to No, no, I was surprised by it. Oh, yeah. no, I was just like, because like, I love the Mission Impossible movies and like, I love the masks in those movies, but they overuse the masks in those movies and it's just like, oh, yeah. that's probably not the guy that you I think probably, it is. I probably could, you know, I like, I think sometimes when I, when I read, I have a much harder time doing this with movies um, but I think sometimes when I read, you just get lost I, in it. Well, I try to, sh- I, I, I shut off like an analytical part of my brain. I don't mm. try to predict and I allow myself to be surprised. I wish that I could do that. And like, I, I don't say this as a negative. I'm, I'm just yeah. like, I'm smarter than the book, but I'm just uh-huh. like, I bet because I, you know, having like dead reckoning, having just come out this summer and like me rewatching, like the, the more those movies go, although not, not the new one really as much, but oh, no, the new, the new one also does it, but like they lean into the masks hearts. So, like it's yeah. all fresh in my mind and I love them, whatever. So and like here, it's not like they're not three D printing masks; just like literally putting on their mask on your face. That's uh, cool. I like it. I think I think the better thing is the less I want to guess. Yeah, try to figure it out like it's a puzzle. I, I just want it to happen to me emotionally. But when something's shitty, you're like, I'm I'm smarter or, or, than you. Yeah, or not like yeah, 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 maybe. Um, or not even shitty, but it's like if it's not something that I can get emotionally lost in, right. then it's then it's something that I start like well, it's I, also like this in in this case it's not like this is like a long drawn out thing where it's like pages and pages and pages like yeah you see the guy show up he's just like is the pi dead he's just like not yet and then he stabs and it's like it's you know two or three like it's not like a long thing where you're like i figured it out let's get to it it's just like it just happens which you, i think is good were you surprised by the violence at all no because no. i think i think not that i expect it in all of these but i feel like there is something literally cartoonish about this where you're able yeah, to be right. violent in a way that doesn't feel yeah. real and it's it's a trapping of the genre too yeah. right which is something that i'm I, i'm like uh often fairly critical of um like something that i dislike about superhero things and and action movies is that the violence doesn't feel real to me um which is a way for the creators to dismiss violence and make it less serious mm-hmm. which also like does a negative to the emotional arc of the story because when violence is less serious then it has less emotional impact and it becomes something that yep. is like you know can happen to anyone at any time it doesn't matter i will say that i was not i was not shocked by the violence i think it was before i realized even though i should have because it's literally called the private eye is a pi before i realized it was a noir yeah when the woman shows up to like invest investigate me like you know i need you to dig into my history and then she dies like almost immediately i was just like Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I thought this was mm-hmm. going to be a different book than it was, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's. You want to talk about the journalist as like cop? Sure. At or uh, privatized paparazzi too. Yeah, paparazzo is is, is mm-hmm. the other thing, right? Because I guess like in a sense that a private eye is someone who is hired to uh, infiltrate your privacy, yep. right? The same yep. in, a, in a very similar way that a paparazzi mm-hmm. is, right? Paparazzi, we think of paparazzi as being the scum of the earth a lot of the time. But apparently the, the existence of a paparazzo is newsworthy, like noteworthy in this because they're like, oh, like you didn't you didn't say that. Like it's yeah. just like, a, oh, okay. Because I think they're outlaws, right? Or yeah. They're in a similar way to like. Because well, they're kind of like, it's criminal, right? Like it's like he's doing the thing that like. Yeah. Because I guess in this world, the most the, the most important thing is people's privacy. Yeah. And so when your job is to invade that privacy, it's like you're like worse than a murderer. Like yeah. you are ruining people's lives. I have a friend who works for a private eye place. And uh, when she was telling me about it, I was just like, that sounds fucking terrible. And you should quit. 
So she didn't have the experience of sunburn falling in love with her mark. No, no. I mean, she does. She's not a she's not a private investigator. She she like works in the office. But like all of the. It just seems like narking, like all like, yeah. like most of it is like uh, like companies hiring private eyes to like investigate insurance claims yeah. and shit like that. And it's like it's none of the fun like what we think of, it's it's not like Jake Giddies or or uh, Philip Marlowe or any of that stuff. There's no Maltese Falcon, right? It's like yeah. it's like yeah. We don't want to pay fifty million dollars. We're going to pay you two hundred thousand dollars. Just make this go away. Yeah, basically. Nick, Nick and Nora Charles are not investigating stolen art. It's just like some guy smoking cigarettes in his car while making sure that you don't mow your own lawn because that would be like proving that your back isn't really as hurt right. as you claim. Yeah. Um. You see Nick and Nora Charles? Yeah. Who are they? Uh, they're the the uh, couple from The Thin Man. Is that what the Infinite Playlist is? Like? Are they playing off that? Probably, yeah. Interesting. Okay. They're just like um, high society drunks that solve mysteries. Honestly, it seems like a dream it's job. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that, like, you know, I guess... Like, why do you think cops don't exist? Like, why do you think journalists take the place of cops? Is there like, yeah, a, is there, I, is there a thought? Is there like an A to B thought process here? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, Not that it matters. I'm just curious. No, it's interesting because, because like, like I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's an explanation why. Well, it might have something to do with the fact that most in like an information heavy age, and this is like trying to retract from that information heavy age into, into like an information dark age. Yeah. But in an information heavy age, most trials um, take place in media rather than courtrooms now. Mm. Right. Like um, even ones that take place in courtrooms take place in the media. Right. Like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff or, or the current Trump stuff. Right. Um, like all of this is is as much a media trial as it is a courtroom trial. Yep. And then, and then, when the media is the is the judge, then the the people get to be the jury, which is a terrible idea. But <laughs> back to Twitter. <laughs> so we have an email address: lottery at cageclub.me. Write about this book, any book, whatever you want to write. Books we haven't even covered. Email lottery at cageclub.me. Meg's reaction to Private Eye. I feel like writes Egg with the books I love from the pod. Something starting off strong with love. There's a fifty fifty chance either write a novel or barely a sentence. This one. Barely a sentence. <laughs> I thought Private Eye was excellent. I felt like it was the perfect detective story. I like that it didn't end with the internet coming back, although I wish I had read this online like it was originally published. Oh, yeah, that's something worth talking about. It was such a fun world to be in. I could have read a thousand more pages. All in all, I loved this graphic novel. Yeah, let's talk about it. Like, it's it's initially published online in a pay-what-you-want model. Yes. Right? And the reason why it's published online online and a pay what you want model is this like basic belief that comics are there's something very wrong with comics and the way that they're like coming out and the um the distributors the the publishers etc like they're they're creating a more diy um function to it there's also some a, like structurally ironic thing to it, which is to say like uh, a piece of art about the destruction and elimination of the internet being available only online on the internet is yeah. like there's that, that's like delicious. Um, and then it comes out in print 
which adds another layer of irony to it because it's like it was meant to only be online and then the online was pay what you want and then the print novel no shade to brian k vaughn or uh anyone else involved in it so fucking expensive because <laughs> image comics right like yeah, they're it's like honestly it's probably expensive because it's a weird format it was like 45 dollars for, yeah. for this thing and also you can't at least through amazon yeah you can't buy the kindle version like i'm sure maybe you can buy the if through their site i don't even know if it's still available through the site like, i don't know either it might only exist in the, i don't know but it feels weird yeah so, so there's like you, there are all these different layers to it like free online incredibly expensive in print that has to do with like obviously the practicalities of print but there's like this ideological turn between it too where it's like if you're buying it in print it's kind of like well you should have just fucking gotten it online like we wanted you to oh you can still through panel syndicate you can buy now name your price oh okay good yeah panel syndicate is the is is their thing that they created i don't know if they created it for this but it's a you know so they have issues one to five and then six to ten plus the extra and they, you can also buy each one individually too but yeah you can still buy through panel syndicate you can whatever you want you can pay a dollar you can pay a hundred dollars whatever cool um do you want to talk about all about the there's like an 11th issue basically which is like the emails back and forth as they were creating the comic oh did you read that i did not okay yeah i i, I read it um because sometimes i'm just like i get hesitant to read those because if i read those then sometimes that's all i want to talk about and it, it, like I, right there's I also it off as my own information but it's not my own information. exactly yeah there's also the danger of Again, not to be a broken record, allowing the artists to dictate the the meaning, as, right? Like a, the, the, as opposed to like you, the reader, coming to your own conclusions. Like the John Irving thing that I, the interview that I listened yeah. to, or whatever, and you're like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, yeah, it made me so angry. You um, still want to fight him? Yeah, I can take him. I know he's really good at wrestling. At one point, was a very good wrestler, but he's also like he's really old, like ninety now. So I think I could take him. Feinstein age. Uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, would you learn anything of note that you want to share from that? Um, no, no, not really. I mean, it was it was interesting in that it had all of the, it had information about how like it came to be, and and like the back and forth of like Brian asking Marco if he wanted to do it, and like how like the, these like basic ideas of how it would go. Oh, okay, cool, and stuff like that, and him like. Like him saying, like, there's a thing in there where he's like, I want to make sure that you're okay with us doing it this way because it might mean not getting paid for a year. And so there's like discussion about like the financial sure. aspects of it too, which is interesting because, you know, I think of like, especially artists, artists more than writers in comics, like those guys are laborers. Like they're there yeah. every day doing the work, fucking yeah. up their wrists yeah. and their fingers and their like – probably their nervous system somehow um and just like the idea of doing work for a year and not getting paid is is like crazy but i think i think a lot of artists probably do that right like yeah were- no for sure for sure i'm hoping they got an in, in rainbow style paycheck because like the thing about radiohead putting that album out like that is like i think they actually made a lot more money i'm sure they did than, but, than but it's also did. like the fucked up thing about that is that you can't do that unless you have an audience. Yeah, you you don't do it you're unless, at, unless you're at the you're mercy of the system until you're right. If fucking uh, Coma Cinema or whatever put out an, a pay what you want album, it's like they're gonna make like eighty bucks. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is that you mentioned I, I don't think I think it was before I started recording that Moonsa Vicente is Marcos Martin's wife uh, or a partner. They're together yeah, or something. I, I believe so. Um, that's an interesting like a. I want, did, are they like a, do they often work together? I guess the question is like, like, you yeah, know, partners I, like in, 
I don't know. I mean, I know I know Stepan Sage and his wife uh, do a lot of stuff together. Um, I know Alan Moore and Melinda Gebby did Lost Girls together. Oh. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, I mean, it's different, but like Bud's wife. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, does they, art for his books. So like, it's a different thing, but like, uh-huh. there's you know, there's the themes. There's nothing on the wiki about this getting adapted, but I feel like that's probably you could adapt it. Yeah, pretty easily, I think. Either live action or animated. Animated, yeah, right? Yeah, I think either one works. Uh, again, it's like a thing that's interesting to me is like it, and this I I might be doing that thing that you were just talking about where I'm passing off their information as as my own here because I I think there's it says something like this in the in that back matter, um, is that like it has those noir uh, tendencies like Blade Runner, but like the world is so much brighter and, and, and happier appearing than those. Mm. Right. Cause the masks are like colorful and yeah, weird. they're not demonic for the most part. There's the movie. Do you know the movie? I think it's called mind game. Is it mind game towards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I can't, I can't turn the laptop around while we're recording, but there's this movie that I watched. It's like an anime from like 20 years ago called mind game that basically feels like the art style is like this, where it's like not, the style, but like the colors, like uh-huh. the hyper saturated, yeah, like yeah. wild. Um, like I think like I've seen things that evoke these kind of things, like not just comic books, but like other things, right? Where I'm just like, this could become another thing. It could be adapted. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I think it would be, it would be an easy adaptation. Um, cause like, cause like coyote dog girl could really, at least to me only become something like Bojack, right? Where it's like, yeah. that doesn't really translate to anything other than like looking how it looks on the page. But this, you yeah. Do something with CGI. Yeah, and it feels like I, I mean you get like it, like Lakeith Stanfield to be like a direct easy yeah. Phil Immelman. It'll be good. Um yeah. Keep reading. Right. Uh today's um crime is uh what's the name of that thing where you like those people like steal your credit card info by like walking by and like, oh, putting a it's not cloning, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. thing. That thing. That's the crime. Terrifying. Bad. Bad. Bad.